What's up, friends? Before we hop into the show, I got to tell you about Davidson's, which has two locations in Centennial and one in Highlands Ranch. Guys, they're locally owned and have a massive selection of any alcohol you could ever imagine, including our personal favorite, Breck Brews. Guys, they're doing the smartest thing right now. All of their sales are done either curbside or delivery. So either way, they're bringing it to you. You don't have to worry about going into a store wandering around their massive sales floor, even though it's awesome, but now they're being safe. And so make sure to download their app to get all the information that you would get on their sales floor just at the palm of your hands, and they will bring the alcohol to you. So make sure to check them out, download their app, and sign up for their loyalty program, which comes with incredible deals. And make sure you, you can get the Breck 15-can sampler pack delivered straight to your door from Davidson's. When you go there, make sure to tag us and them to let them know that you're supporting us because supporting our partners is supporting us. All right, let's hop into the show. Welcome to the DNVR Broncos podcast on this wonderful Wednesday in the Mile High City. The snow is gone. It's sun, at least for today. And before we hop in the show, got to tell you about our presenting sponsor, MSU Denver Online. Guys, MSU Denver puts a dynamic education at your fingertips without having you to move anywhere to do that. And that's what's so cool about this program going on at MSU Denver Online. We know we have a lot of you right in our backyard here in Colorado who already know about MSU Denver and MSU Denver Online. But for those that are out of the state and for those that are overseas, you guys can grab this as well and you guys can continue your education or get an education through MSU Denver. So go to msudenver.edu slash online to scope out everything they have. They have, over, they have over 40 online hybrid programs and over 750 classes. So whether you just wanna uh, educate yourself on one or two classes or whether you wanna get a degree, msudenver.edu slash online is the place to do it. All right, well, I'm Zach Stevens, joined by my main man, Andrew Mason. Mace, how are you doing today? I'm doing very well. The NFL is a slightly better looking place today because the Cleveland Browns have ditched their uniforms of the past five seasons for a far more traditional look. Zach, your Cleveland Browns My getting back Cleveland to basics Browns. for the most part. Really, the only things they kept from their look of the last five years are the brown face mask and the brown with orange numerals alternate that we saw with brown pants at empower field at mile high back in november <laughs> yep well and and what's uh you, you asked me about this right before we started the pod you said what do you think of the new uniforms and i said they look the same and and, <laughs> and so i don't know nothing shocking to me but i guess they tried to do something different as of recent that didn't work they just went back to brown now, Zach, what years were you with the Cleveland Browns? I was there 2014 to 2016. So you were a part of the change to 
the uniforms that they just ditched that had Cleveland across the front of the jersey and Browns down the pant stripe of the jersey. Yes, and as you as you know me, I was a key part of that uniform decision. I'm sure you were. I I had all the design (laughs) and detail with that. So, oh boy. Maybe they should have consulted you. Maybe they would have had some different ideas. Maybe they wouldn't be changing uniforms right now. <laughs> I don't think Zach they Stevens, would have changed Mr. uniforms. uniforms. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they would have changed uniforms at all because they would have brought it to me and I would have said, "Are you? we're talking uniforms? Are you kidding me? <laughs> but Mace, speaking of football, man, we did a mock draft yesterday and it was the juiciest one yet. And I'll just get right to the nitty gritty. 15 with the Broncos on the board. They had Henry Ruggs III sitting there, and the Broncos did not take him because they also had defensive monster Derek Brown right there. And Henry was choosing for the Broncos yesterday, and he went the defensive monster route in Derek Brown instead of Henry Ruggs let's just uh, what what were your initial impressions when the Broncos were on the board because the Bucks surprisingly right before took Josh Jones so it left two great options what were your initial thoughts when you saw that well first of all I started the dominoes rolling when with the Panthers at number seven I had them taking Javon Kinlaw rather than Derek Brown and one of the fun aspects of this Zach has been to throw a curveball and certainly you've thrown a couple of curveballs in your mock drafting role others have I thought okay I can rationalize Javon Kinlaw over Derek Brown on the basis of the pass rushing skills but when I mocked Kinlaw to the Panthers and I'll say this the the Panthers have a long history of having a few more players from the Carolinas than most teams do, because of course uh, the schools in North and South Carolina are in their backyard. I did not imagine that Derek Brown would drop all the way to 15. No, I thought his fall would stop pretty quickly, but there he was. And I think it's illustrative to look at this and say, okay, Derek Brown or Javon Kinlaw could be available at 15. And if that is the case, what do the Broncos do? Even if there's a receiver they may want on the board, because Derek Brown and Javon Kinlaw are, I'd argue are top 10 talents and Javon Kinlaw in particular, even though he emerged a bit later than Derek Brown, Javon Kinlaw is the best interior pass rusher in this draft. And that's a rare skill. And John Elway has a habit of taking players who aren't at the position of primary need. If they offer a skill, that's a premium skill rushing the passer from the interior is. And the other thing with defensive line for the Broncos is that while it's not a primary need, if you look down the road a little bit and you see Shelby Harris, one year contract, Jarrell Casey, basically year to year with no guarantees left on his deal. It's a secondary need and one where if the Broncos see the value they like, they could jump. And they have met with Javon Kinlaw. 
they, they met with him at the combine. So Kinlaw is on their radar. Yeah. So in Mace, just like you were saying, uh, there's no bad option between these two. And people, uh, when Henry initially picked him, people were freaking out at Henry. And that that's how it shouldn't be because yes, they do have Shelby Harris. Yes, they do have Jarrell Casey. But as we said, Jarrell Casey is kind of a one-year deal. Shelby is obviously a one-year deal. Uh, or, or I should say, Jarrell Casey can be a year-to-year deal if you want it because of the way his contract is set up. Um, so it, it's not the most pressing need, uh, but but it's also um, not like safety where you have a guys you have your starters locked up for many years down the road. Um, so I, I could absolutely see the Broncos do this, and w- when I see this, I think wow, this is just a win-win scenario for the Broncos. And this is so different than the first two mock drafts because the first two mock drafts, the Broncos had uh, Denzel Mims and Makai Becton on the board. Uh, and Andre loved Makai Becton. You didn't. I think everyone else is kind of right in the middle. On You know, he, he, he has a lot of talent, a lot of potential, but also probably uh, potentially a pretty low floor. Uh, and it was one where... In one instance, Denzel Mims was picked. In the other instance, Makai Becton was picked. But it was like a, uh, okay, okay. Well, solid solid pick potentially. Let's hope it works out. These, with, with both of these options, at, you know, you can get behind either of them. Yeah, and even though the Broncos have not talked to Derek Brown, at least uh, not uh, that we've learned of at this point, if he's there at 15, it's sort of like Bradley Chubb being there at five in that you say, okay, well, maybe we weren't expecting that. Let's go ahead and get him. Right. That said, it would be funny if Derek Brown did drop to 15 and the Broncos picked him and they said, oh, well, we didn't have any of our uh, mock drafts uh, (laughs) having him fall that far. We could be like, "Uh, yeah, we did. (laughs) Exactly. Oh man. I hope, I hope that happens. And so, so Mace, how I view this is, would you rather have a Tyreek Hill or would you rather have Chris Jones on this Broncos team right now on, oh, a, on, a, on a rookie deal? On a rookie deal? Yep. Well, I'd rather have Chris Jones, but character counts. Nope, 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 nope. Because, because I, I'm just saying if Henry Ruggs' ceiling is Tyreek Hill and um, – Okay, and so Derek okay. Brown or Javon Kinlaw yeah. is a Chris Jones. Who would you rather have? So character doesn't count in this. Well, with all respect to Tyreek Hill's speed and Henry Ruggs's speed, the interior pass rush that can get to a quarterback in in two two point two seconds, that's harder to find than even speed. Because yeah, four two seven guys are rare, but you can find four three one four three three guys that are basically step for step so i'm taking the interior pass rusher all day if he can be at that chris if he can be at that chris jones level yes that's i'm that's the direction in which i'm going and i i totally respect that i mean i was so torn thinking about this but give me for the broncos give me that tyree kill type of player with that type of ceiling with, with that type of play for drew Locke. And now if you pair that with Cortland Sutton, boy, Drew should be good. And look, Vic Fangio found Mike Purcell 
And while Mike Purcell certainly wasn't a push up the middle, he was fine. Shelby Harris should be a little bit of a push. Uh, and maybe you give uh, Vic a second or a third round pick to go find another pass rusher. Uh, the Broncos have so much invested on the defensive side. I'm not against going defense, but at some point uh, you, you need to continue to give to the offense. Uh, so that's why I would go that Tyree killer up a man. I mean, you're not going wrong either way, Mace. No, you're not. You're making your team better in, in either direction. I think the thing about going interior pass rush instead of wide receiver is that, again, there are more chances to find similar guys with similar skill sets, roughly comparable, maybe not in the class of Henry Ruggs, but guys who can bring speed that you don't have. You can do that when you get to round two, round three. There are simply fewer of those disruptive, in, they're truly disruptive interior presences that can impact the pass rush. They're just, that, there's a reason why Aaron Donald is getting paid what he's paid. Yep. Now, do I think that Derek Brown or Javon Kinlaw can become Aaron Donald? No, but there's a reason why Chris Jones is in the process of breaking the bank too. It's just that is the hard skill set to find. And when you're facing offenses that are predicated upon the quarterback getting the ball out rapidly, the interior rush becomes of a greater premium. All you have to do with the Broncos, look back at the 2015 AFC Championship game against the Patriots. Now, Von Miller and DeMarcus Ware did play very well, but an equal component in stifling Tom Brady and giving him fits was the interior rush that Derek Wolf and Malik Jackson had together. Well, and I think and so. And, and so, if you're the Broncos, and let's and you got Derek Brown and Derek Brown or Javon Kinlaw sitting there at 15, the notion of pairing one of them with Jarrell Casey, with Draymond Jones, seeing where he goes in year two, that's exceptionally tempting. And all of a sudden, you can start visualizing a similar scenario to the one you had when you had D Ware and Vaughn on the outside and Malik and Derek Wolf, two guys who really, they were like peanut butter and jelly. They just worked so well together working from the interior. It was the kryptonite for Tom Brady that day. Well, how do you want to beat the chiefs? Do you want to beat them uh, by that interior pass rush and, and outside pass rush, obviously, or do you want to beat them at their own game, but by, by the Tyree kill, that would be interesting. And what I think the Broncos would do is I think they would jump on Derek Brown if he was there just because John Elway could say, oh man, look, we can bring it back to the 2015 defense. But now that I think about that and say that, I think, well, maybe John would go with the wide receiver because now he's trying to, it seems like he's trying to build a balanced team, the young team on the offensive side of the ball and, and the money on the defensive side of the ball. Now, yes, but what if part of their plan remains to get another pick between 15 and 46. And if that's the plan to perhaps use future draft capital to move into that range with so many questions about what the 2021 draft might look like, then it becomes more palatable to step back and then get your receiver with that second pick that you would have. Maybe it's late in round one. Maybe it's early in round two. 
Well, and that's what makes sense about going the defensive line in the first round is because of just how deep uh, this wide receiving group is. Now, you're not going to get a Henry Ruggs type of talent later in the first or in the second, but you will still get a starting wide receiver. Uh, even if you just stay put uh, in the second round, you're going to get a starting wide receiver. So it makes sense to, to get the rare talent that you didn't expect to, to slip to you there. Um, but Mace, one thing we talked about was the interior pass rush and that is more of the Javon Kinlaw game. So what would the Broncos be getting in Derrick Brown? And does it still fit that need for interior pass rush? Or is he just more of that run stuffer that's just going to eat up blocks? This isn't denigrating Derrick Brown as an interior pass rusher. He's a good interior pass rusher. I think you've got Javon Kinlaw a notch above, but in that specific skill set. But then you look at the overall game. Derek Brown's a three-down player. Derek Brown, he's somebody who you want in on first and ten to help to help stop the run. He can get penetration, but then he's a good pass rusher as well. It's simply when you're evaluating that one specific skill set, you're saying Kenlaw over Brown. But if you're looking for the overall every down, Derek Brown probably a better bet than Javon Kenlaw. So he's got some value there. It just depends. Are you valuing the specific pass rush skill set more or the overall skill set and as to which one you go with? And it did, for, from the way our mocks have fallen and in, in, in the way that you're talking about him, I don't think either of us believe that both Derek Brown and Javon Kinlaw will be on the board for the Broncos. Yeah, I think, I, I think that when all is said and done, they're not there. But I think it's also important to look at a scenario where they are because one thing one thing that we could uh, get into is the notion the notion of four quarterbacks going in the first 14 picks mm-hmm. because yep. somebody moves up to take say Jordan Love there's another interesting thing now this actually would probably lend itself to Derek Brown or Javon Kinlaw not being on the board when the Broncos go reports that Atlanta is looking to trade up but Atlanta's trade up would likely be for defense yep Potentially and there's another cor- thing, yeah, cornerback. Yeah. yeah, possibly corner, possibly defensive line. They could go in e- either direction there. So, are they, if let's say we're talking about CJ Henderson and Jeff Okuda going in the first 10 picks, and then maybe somebody gets antsy and trades up because they want perhaps Christian Fulton. So, a lot of this is reacting in real time on draft night to how the board falls and when the run on specific positions happens. So one, sorry, but one thing I wanted to go back to wide receiver because we talked about the notion of getting a wide receiver kind of in the second wave, right? Yep. The last draft that looked like this one in terms of wide receivers was back in 2014. And while the first round receivers are good, it's, there's talent in the second round. It's just, there's a wider range of outcomes. The round one receivers in 2014 were Sammy Watkins, Mike Evans, OBJ, Brandon Cooks, Kelvin Benjamin. Oof. The wide receivers in round two were Marquise Lee, Jordan Matthews, Paul Richardson, Devontae Adams, Cody Latimer, Allen Robinson, Jarvis Landry. So you've got three really good receivers there in round two, in yep. Adams, Robinson, and Landry. But the bust factor does increase. The bust rate does increase because you could, you could end up with a dud. And the Broncos – they end up with a dud in Cody Latimer, although some of that, I think, was uh, due to some external factors as well. Sure, yep. That's what you have to watch out for. Well, and speaking of those second-tier guys, the Broncos have met with Denzel Mims, done a virtual 
uh, meeting with him. So that shows some interest. And, and the Broncos, at least as of recent, haven't really used these meetings. And I know these are different because these are virtual, but haven't used the pre-draft meetings as smoke screens. They've really used them to get to know a lot of the guys that they end up drafting. So there's some interest there in Denzel Mims. And I know we've talked about Denzel Mims. In fact, he was one of our picks at 15. Um, I, we, we all kind of thought that was a little too rich at, at 15, but just the way the draft board fell because we weren't trading back. Um, but I don't think he's there at 46 either. So that may be a trade-up scenario where you're trading up into the early second round or even trading late into the first round to get him. And man, pair that with Derek Brown. I think there's going to be a lot of happy Broncos fans. Um, but Mace, with Derek Brown, just the way you were talking about him, is there anyone else that if he's on the board that you would say, I'm not going to choose Derek Brown, I'm going to choose this other player? Is there anyone else that would entice you? Because we've talked a lot about Henry Ruggs, and we all like Henry Ruggs a lot. And to you, it didn't really seem like that difficult of a decision. Yeah, and the only one is not going to be there. That's Isaiah Simmons. Right. Okay. Okay. So Jerry Judy and Derek Brown's both on the board. I'm taking Derek Derek? Brown. Man, that shows, that shows how much you like him. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, I'm taking Derek Brown and I'm thinking I'm I'm possibly taking Javon Kinlaw as well. I mean, again, what is the skill set that's harder to find? And the Broncos have shown over the years that they will pass on a primary need if they feel the value is there. Yep. They, they could have gone in other directions in 2015. Certainly, edge rusher was not the primary need going into that draft when you had Von Miller and DeMarcus Ware as your starting duo. But then Shane Ray fell, and they reacted to that and moved up and got him. So there's precedence for this. Uh, Bradley Roby, not necessarily the primary need uh, in 2014 when you had Chris Harris Jr. come back from injury and you just signed to keep Tlaib. Cornerback maybe raised a few eyebrows when the Broncos picked Bradley Roby then, but it worked out. They've had success and they've been able to help their roster even when they picked a position that did not appear to be the primary need on the surface. So yep. these are yep. these are factors to consider when you're looking at John Elway's draft pattern. And another factor to consider, not looking at his draft pattern, but the moves he's done recently, Mace, the Broncos offered DJ Reader, who's not really an interior pass rusher. He can provide a little bit of push, but it's not like he's a Chris Jones. They offered him uh, over $10 million a season. So they really wanted him. Now they're settling with Mike Purcell uh, at what, $3 million on a one-year tender. Um, and that that's a good chunk of change for Mike Purcell, but they were willing to make a huge investment on a Derek Brown type of player that Derek Brown uh, definitely has a higher ceiling than DJ Reader. So to me, I don't think John Elway would pass up on this. Uh, and just because of, of everything that we're saying he can get a top five talent. In fact, on Andre's big board, he's ranked number five. You get a top five talent somehow falls through the cracks to you at 15, man, even with Henry Ruggs there, I do think it would be a tough decision for John because I believe that John actually does really like Henry Ruggs. It would be Mm -hmm. tough, but I think he would just say, 
man, I have a chance to make this defense great again. And I'm going to get a receiver late in the first round, early in the second. I'm going to do it. Did you say make this defense great again? <laughs> oh, boy, that is a line he may use, right? Yeah, that is a line that John Owen <laughs> might use, actually. <laughs> I was wondering if you did that intentionally or not. It, it, it wasn't, but I should take credit for it, shouldn't I? <laughs> yes. and, and so how did the Broncos get here? How did Derek Brown fall? Because he has not fallen uh, to the Broncos in either of our first two mock drafts. I saw the first real change in the board happen at number four when the Giants took Mackay Beckton Mace, you were probably pulling your hair out at that pick, but the Giants went with the high upside. And then from I there, think Dre made that pick just to tweak me a little bit. <laughs> I, I but I, so. I disagree on that being where the change happened. I thought the change happened at three mm, when Isaiah, Isaiah Simmons, Simmons went off the board. Okay. Okay. Because, because that started some dominoes falling at cornerback. And uh, there was a legitimate thought in my mind uh, with the Panthers at seven. Do I take Jeff Okuda or do I take Javon Kinlaw? Right. And, and you went with Kinlaw. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Jeff Okuda didn't go off the board till nine. And we had a quick conversation about this, but what do you think? Should the Broncos be considering trading up to nine? if Jeff Okuda is still there. Oh, hell yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Are you willing to give up a second round pick? Let's start with the second round pick in 2021 and see where that goes. (laughs) (laughs) They say no. This is the rare rare year in which I'm okay surrendering a pick in a future year because I don't know what that 2021 draft is going to look like. Right. Well, and the Jags wouldn't either. Or, or let's say right. the Cardinals. You're, you're moving up to eight uh, to, to pick Okuda because he was picked at nine. Um, are you willing to give up next year's first because of that uncertainty? Mm, I would rather give up <laughs> next year's first oh. for a for, – for, if it's straight up for a first this year, yes. But then it be – so, for example – I think you have a better chance of giving up a one next year for a first round pick. That's around pick 20. The thing about if you went from 15 to eight, you'd probably be going with next year's first and your 15 to move up seven spots. That's what I'm talking about. And you're about. still figuring out what to do between pick 15 and 46. So I'd prefer to use other draft capital to get up in the first round this year and then use the 2021 first rounder potentially as a chip to move into the back half of the first round. Okay. Okay. That that's fair. Okay. So, and so uh, you, you're, you're basically kind of betting on yourself. You're saying, we think we're going to be a playoff team next year. Yep. But you know, so, we, th- okay. we, we think Mace is right. We think Mace saying that this team's giving the playoffs is going to turn out to be 100% true. So we are willing to make that trade, and hopefully you find a partner that says, you know what, eh, we don't believe in Drew Locke. We think that pick is going to be pick 10. Right. So, Mace, the cards say a first and a second this year, 15 and 46. Are you doing it? For Akuda? Yep. Reluctantly, yes. <laughs> there you go. And, and then I'm trying to take the, the two of my threes and get back into the second round. There, there you and go. Then, but by doing this, I'm also com- I'm also saying I'm committing some of next year's draft capital to get another pick this year. 
Right. This is part of that is is me deciding 100 percent that 2021 capital is something we're willing to sacrifice to get more this year. So Okuda is that good, huh? Yes. Well, Okuda is a Okuda is a day one starter. He's not even coming in as your nickelback. Uh, you, you 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 draft him. Bryce Callahan is your number three corner. Yep. Yep. He's your, I, he's your slot corner. Jeff Okuda is going to play on the outside. And Vic's got to feel pretty good about that, though. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I can see John Elway doing. Uh, the, Remember, the, John, don't forget that John Elway has seen Jeff Okuda in person. He has. Yep. Mm-hmm. He went was to the Ohio the, State-Penn State game last, last season. He certainly was. And now the reason to not trade up and do that, if, you're, if, if that's too rich for you, is still on the board is Andrew Thomas, Jedrick Wills, Jerry Judy, CeeDee Lamb, Derek Brown, and Henry Rugg. So a lot of talent, a lot of people that, that we like and that draft people like still on the board. One of those guys would fall to you just because there's not that many picks right. in between those. So that would be the reason to not give a second round pick and trade up. But yeah, Jeff Akuda, Isaiah Simmons, these are two guys that if they're sitting, if they somehow get to like eight or nine, they're worth blowing up the draft for. You think they're the worth blowing would up do your that? plans? Yes. And Mace, one way that that could strongly think that they would that they would blow up their plans if those guys made an unexpected tumble to the back half of the first ten picks. And I'm happy that that Jeff Okuda made that tumble yesterday because I think that this very well could happen. Whether it's Okuda, uh, whether it's Isaiah Simmons, I don't think that drop happens with Chase Young. But one of those guys Mm -hmm. could very well fall because of the quarterbacks taken and and a team falling in love with i don't know let's say jerry judy a team in in the top seven falls in love with jerry judy and four quarterbacks go well it's going to push one of these guys at least to seven or eight if not nine so that'll be something to keep an eye on uh when we're watching this first round play out especially believing that the broncos would make a move to jump up and get one of those guys Mm -hmm. 100 percent and when you are watching the first round unfold, make sure you got Breck Brews by your side and food from the Breck Brew Farmhouse. That'll be the perfect meal to get you through what's going to be a very, very exciting first round of the draft next Thursday. And make sure to use the code DNVR to save $5 off your meal. And guys, you can do curbside pickup or they deliver to a lot of Denver. So make sure to give them a call at 303-803-1380 from 12 to 8 p.m. for pickup. Uh, They'll bring it to you or you can order beer straight through Drizzly. Make sure to check out that 15 cam sampler pack. Maybe you need one two or three of those to get you through the entire draft, but whatever it is, make sure you got Breck brew by your side and let us know during the draft, what you're drinking. Is it the avalanche? Is it the Colorado core? Is it the hot peak strawberry sky, vanilla Porter jr? Whatever it is, let us know and make sure to be checking out Breck brews for the draft. And speaking of getting ready for the draft, you need to be manscaped for the draft because you want to be feeling fresh when those Broncos fresh draft picks roll and check out that lawnmower 3.0 which has 7,000 rpm motor with quiet stroke technology the led light which illuminates everything you need to see down there it'll last up to 90 minutes guys it has it all they spent 18 months engineering this and like i've been saying i don't think they need to spend another month more making another one because this is the perfect 
product for the family jewels. Make sure to check out the Perfect Package 3.0 kit. It comes with that lawnmower 3.0 plus the Crop Preserver, which is anti-chafing deodorant, the Crop Reviver, spray-on toner to keep you refreshed all day, and a travel bag, disposable shaving mats. I mean, come on, guys. Everything you could want. Make sure to check out Manscaped, and when you do, Use that code DNVR20 for 20% off your entire purchase plus free shipping. And guys, this code may not be here for long, so make sure to do that soon. DNVR20 at Manscaped. Yes, uh, and you're probably thinking about uh, mowing your lawn outside as well, of course, because we've had some snow you might have fertilized, but don't forget to mow the lawn inside. <laughs> NVR20 is your code exactly all right let's talk to the people Ubeni lava says haha i love the draft episode zooms you guys are doing dre looks like his nana is cooking up some fire meatballs in the back mace looks like he's going to give a state of the union address rk looks as if he's stifling laughter the whole time henry looks like the next great rapper meanwhile Zach looks like he's just stoked to be there lol love the content hey anytime i'm around the boys i'm very stoked to be there I appreciate that. Mile high, Mike. Hey, fam. Can't for the life of me locate my email. Invite to the DNVR Lounge chat room. What can I do? Well, um, I think you just go on to the DNVR.com. Click on the lounge. If you're signed in on the website, once you click on the the go into the lounge, it'll take you there if you're signed in. If that doesn't work, uh, just email help at the DNVR.com, but that should work. So the DNVR.com, click on the lounge on the top. There actually is an invite link on that page, by the way. There we go. And it said, so once you've signed in, it says, to enter the, the members only lounge, click this invite link and you will accept that your invitation will be taken to the app or app store because you're going to have to get uh, Discord, uh, that app, in order to take part in the DMVR lounge. More from Mile High Mike. Broncos question now. You guys have made it clear that there's a significant gap between the big three receivers and the draft and the rest of the pack. So, in general, overall rating. Rate the top five receivers in this draft after the big three, or rather four through eight. Once you guys have your top five, where did Tim Patrick and Deshaun Hamilton fit into this list? I'm asking to get an idea on who's starting at wide receiver if we miss out in the top three and get a Mims, Rager, or Jefferson type instead, and where they'll sit on the depth chart with Timmy and Hammy in the mix. Thanks, guys. I've spoken. Mile high, Mike. Okay. For me, you get past the top three. Denzel Mims is – my clear number four. Uh, my my concern about him is a relatively high drop rate compared to some of these others. And this is, I think this is part of why you're talking about some uh, separation between top three and then Denzel Mims. It's something that it seemed like he was getting better at uh, down at the senior bowl. Didn't really have a problem with drops during the practices there and showed a lot of uh, body control, a lot of other good attributes. So you'd probably say Denzel Mims four. Uh, I'd go Justin Jefferson uh, number five in this draft class among wide receivers. Brandon Ayuk, six. Jalen Rager, seven. And LaVisca Cheneau, eight on my list. Although, if you didn't have the injury concerns, you'd be talking about him being top four. Yeah, absolutely. LaVisca, when healthy, is definitely at, at the fourth wide receiver in this for me. Ah, man, but I mean, that's just such a big big if because it's not just the one injury that he had surgery on this offseason it's it's every single year there's multiple injuries and to be fair to him 
they haven't kept him off the field that much. I think he still played in eight games last year or, or more than that. Uh, so, but it's, it's just these little nicks that he gets slows him down a little bit that hurts him. Uh, so that's a big, if he's definitely in there in terms of talent. Uh, I do also like Denzel Mims at four, but to answer your other question, since Mace outlined his rankings, um, pretty much any of those guys that Mace, actually all of those guys that Mace mentioned, I believe are starting above Tim Patrick, who just signed as the RFA tender today, and Deshaun Hamilton. And more. I think you go further down the list. I think Devin yep. Duvernay, KJ Hamler, yep. even KJ Hill, uh, the, the slot receiver out of Ohio State, I think those guys would be ahead of Tim Patrick and Deshaun Hamilton. And that's why I still expect the Broncos, even if they go receiver in round one to go for another receiver later, or maybe you have a receiver in round two and one in round three. I think this is going to be a multi receiver class. that The Broncos end up bringing in this year receive receivers and I think I still think you see at least uh, one offensive lineman if not two coming in in the first couple of days of the draft yep and that's exactly how it should be Mountain Drew says Jeremy Chin is Steve Atwater's nephew how have I not known this until now he does hit like Steve Atwater (laughs) he does there's a a little bit of lumba in Jeremy Chin (laughs) he'll knock you he'll knock you in your chin if you're not careful (laughs) yes he will (laughs) I love it Count Locula, undersalted potato tortilla chips should be considered a crime against humanity and the makers of such should be punished to the fullest extent of the law. Am I wrong? Love the Count. (laughs) Getting to the bottom of the important subjects here, our good friend, the Count. Yes, we certainly are. But one place where he will never be disappointed, and no, it's not Manscaped, it's Chipotle. Chipotle's chips are always super salted. Wait, wait, wait. Did you say Chipotle? Chipotle, yeah. Chipotle. (laughs) <laughs> Chipotle. <laughs> Come on, Zach. It's my Denver accent. That, that's not a Denver accent. <laughs> you no. know, I'm I'm sure Mace, of course, you know this, but that restaurant that makes burritos, the first one, right in our backyard. Oh, D-U, I know. Right, right in Denver. I've I've been there many times. Yep. And yep. it's pronounced Chipotle. <laughs> <laughs> I will say this count as far as the punishment. And I said this on Twitter to something else. Um, I am in favor of bringing back the stocks and pillory for uh, various uh, relatively um, non, non-violent offenses, but uh, public humiliation. Like, for example, if, uh, if somebody in this day and age decides to cough on somebody else, <laughs> whilst in the grocery store or out for a walk then yes uh, stick them in the stocks and pillory for a day and let people throw ripe tomatoes at them and things like that and <laughs> wow advocate a similar punishment here wow going back a couple hundred years for mace <laughs> yeah I mean, I'm, not, I'm not saying that we're gonna go to an extreme level i'm not suggesting that we draw and quarter um, you know violent offenders but yeah, bring back the stocks and the pillory where you you put your hands in and then you put your feet in and you have to sit there and uh, oh my uh, back be, hurts be just thinking about it. Oh yeah. my, 
<laughs> Next Sorry. one. Sorry. <laughs> Mark Shipper says, hey, guys, since you three are local bloggers, JK, you guys are basically the 27 Yankee murder rows, in my opinion. But I was curious on your favorite national guys, NFL draft, or just anything. I know Ryan has mentioned Ryan Russillo a lot, and Zach and Mesa mentioned Dan Patrick. I was just curious if you guys had any more. I really like Todd McShay and almost everything Bill Simmons ringer pumps out, including the Russillo content. Hope everything, hope everyone is staying healthy. Go DNBR, Mark in Kansas. Okay. Um, the one national show I'm listening to on a semi-regular basis is uh, uh, Dan Levitard with Stu Gotts. Mm. Um, but in terms of, like, uh, of announcers I really like, and I would even say that you know, sort of influenced me from afar – I'm kind of old school um, on most of them. Now there are some that are around that I really like. Really like. I love Jay Billis on college basketball. Love John McEnroe on tennis. I think those two are as good as it gets in their respective sports. Back in the day, even though a lot of people didn't like Billy Packer on college basketball, I did. I I liked the the analysis driven, critical approach. Even though I didn't always agree with him, I liked the fact that kind of the game and the technical aspects of it and why things happened was central to it. And he wasn't uh, afraid to, to criticize people. Um, and then I always, as a Braves fan, love the wit, the dry wit, the acerbic wit of the late Skip Carey, their longtime play-by-play announcer who called games on TBS. So a lot of people will be familiar with him from his uh, TBS work on the Braves games. Great, great answer, Mace. And I, like you said, Dan Patrick is my, my national guy, just because I think the show that he does is exactly what I've always wanted to do and kind of what we do, or at least try to do here. Uh, and, and outside of that, I, I love a lot of the local guys that we've got. And, and just because I've entrenched myself uh, in, in this market, I mean, Vic Lombardi, on the radio is great. DMAC is great. Those guys are, are so entertaining and take a little different approach than we do, certainly. But it's still, I like to, uh, to, to listen to everyone and, and craft mine by taking a little bit of everyone. Okay. Bring back the RRPPO. Do you think the Denzel Mims rumors are smokescreen for Justin Jefferson? Jefferson seems like his per- personality and play would mesh really well with Locke and Sutton. Would you all agree? Mm, I don't think they're a smokescreen. The when the Broncos actually get into the interview portion of it, one thing we've seen the last couple of drafts is, like you said, Zach, the interviews haven't been smoke screens. It's been a sign of legitimate interest. Yep, I don't think it's a smoke screen either. And, and there's a lot to like about Denzel Mims. Count Locula, if you were one of these United States, based solely on its physical shape, which state would you be and why? <laughs> Love the count. Okay, Zach, you're lean, and so I'm thinking. Florida, Tennessee, kind of long and narrow. Mm, mm. I like that. I'm kind of I'm kind of stubby, so <laughs> you're not stubby. <laughs> I, I'm thinking South Carolina, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> you just want the barbecue. That's why you're putting yourself in South Carolina. Well, I mean, I'd want North Carolina really if we're talking about barbecue. Not, <laughs> I mean, they have good barbecue in South Carolina, but it doesn't match up to North Carolina. Well, I appreciate the uh, I appreciate the Tennessee and Florida. It makes me feel a little bigger than I am. I, I thought we were going to go the Rhode Island route. Well, I'm also thinking <laughs> of the, like the shape, not, not not so much the size, the shape. I mean, South Carolina looks kind of 
I don't know. It looks kind of like it's got, it's got a waistline coming in there on the coast <laughs> a little bit. The way it the way it gets it's really narrow up in the upstate, up in the northwest part of the state, and then it gets really wide down. You know. <laughs> what if you're both Carolinas? Okay, I, I could see that. <laughs> Man, and you got a nice you got a nice beach line going down the whole way. Oh, well, yeah. that's what I miss right now is uh, <laughs> the beach. I wasn't supposed to be here this week. Oh no, that's right. You're supposed I to be on the beach. I was supposed to be in. I was supposed to be overlooking the Pacific Ocean down oh, in Cabo this week. No. So let's see. Eleven eleven a.m. as we record this on Wednesday, I probably would have been in the hotel pool, and this particular hotel at which we stay has oh. has a swim up area so like a, a swim up bar so you can just swim right over to the bar and uh, have a cocktail and have a sandwich oh how are you saying this with a smile on your face you're killing me mace because <laughs> you're torturing at this, yourself at, at this moment i have my health we're all here I'm talking true. to all of you all fine listeners here on the dmvr broncos podcast so it's not all bad but that being said i'm looking at a couple of monitors and I could have been looking at the water right now, but alas. <laughs> yeah. So it goes, there are bigger things at play than whether Mace gets his vacation or not. Oh, that's a great, great perspective to have, Mace. That's why I love rolling with you. Sir James Radio says, couple things for you, gents. RK, you think the Chiefs jerseys are whack? Try being forced to wear it. My junior year of high school, we changed our logo and uniform to that of the Chiefs. I felt so, so dirty. Now, Jersey Challenge Day 5. Today, we're on to the San Francisco 49ers. Mine is easy with George Kittle. Mace, mm. who are you going with? I have to go present. Yep. Yeah, oh, too, too many good old school. Yeah, that's fine. But my choice would be Steve Young easily. Former mm. Buccaneer quarterback. Yep, of course. Choice off the present 49ers. Mm. Ben Garland. Ah, that's a great one. That is a great one. Oh my God. His name is slipping me. Who is the wide receiver? Debo. Um, yeah. Debo. I'll, Debo I'll go Samuel. De- I'll go Debo. He's a, uh, he's a star in the making. The one who should have been targeted <laughs> yep. on the deep ball from Jimmy Garoppolo there <laughs> exactly. in the final moments. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Probably would have been a good throw then. He goes, second question. As I was completely serendipitous that you guys mentioned Nirvana yesterday, my friends and I have been having a debate on and off the past couple days on would you be willing to give up the Foo Foo Fighters to have more Nirvana? I like Nirvana and obviously hate the tragedy had to strike, but there is honestly no comparison between the two in my opinion. I love the Foo Fighters, whereas I simply just really like Nirvana. Well, Mace, this is a question for you. Yeah, I'm I'm not willing to give up the Foo Fighters I will argue that Dave Grohl has had the second had the greatest second act in musical history of the past se- 70 years in the wow. rock era. No question in my opinion. Wow. Wow, yeah, I wasn't big into uh what were they? 90s and 80s bands. Well, we're talking about grunge. That's kind of that's early 90s. Yeah, yeah, uh, where Nirvana came grunge. into play. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you're the expert there, Mace. Yeah, that's 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 right in my generation, right in my wheelhouse. But yeah, I'm I'm not giving up the Foo Fighters. Uh, no chance, no chance in hell. 
talking about my generation. Well, now you're going way back. <laughs> yeah. Now you're going back to the who back in the 60s. <laughs> yeah. I can, I can do old and I can do new. I just can't do the stuff in the middle. The, the in between? Oh, but there's so much great stuff in between. I, I can do a little bit of it. I'm just not an expert. Okay. Well, you should because if you did go for the in between, then also to quote the who, you wouldn't get fooled again. <laughs> oh, that was beautiful, Mace. <laughs> Thank you. R.D. Dollywall, have you ever had a gut feeling that came true in the long run? My gut feeling told me that we messed up when we picked Tebow. Then he had that great eight-game run and won us a playoff game. I told everyone that I was wrong about him. Looking back at it, I guess my gut reaction was right. The second bad gut feeling I had was when we picked Paxton Lynch, especially when he did that stupid double triple dabbing thing shake my head <laughs> by the way when i saw the paxton link yeah the, the 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 dabbing thing the gif when i saw that i knew this, this is gonna be bad <laughs> <laughs> two other good gut feelings i had that i'm glad i went with and i don't regret number one when john elway got traded to denver i had a gut feeling that this guy was a winner and that day i started to fall in love with the broncos number two when I found your podcast and got a gut feeling to stick with you guys. Hey, that means a ton. Thank you. Keep up the good work and keep washing your hands throughout the day. Well, you don't have to worry about that. But with missing By the way, it, what song do you use when you wash your hands to make sure you've got the timing right? I go classic. I go happy birthday. Okay. Yep. And you do it twice. It's two happy birthdays, right? Yep, I believe so. Okay. Or, or I actually do one slow opera version. Really? Yeah, yeah. I'd like to hear Zach's opera version <laughs> of "Happy Birthday." I guess you got to get get got to be in the shower. Well, not. Oh wait, no, this isn't the shower. This is the sink. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But but that that's when I whip out the opera voice. Okay, there are a couple of ones that uh, that I use. One is from Star Trek: Space, the Final Frontier. These are the voices of Starship Enterprise. It's a five-year mission to explore strange new worlds to seek out new life forms and new civilizations, to boldly go where no one has gone before. I kind of stretch it out a little bit, and yeah. that gets me there. The other one, and this is from the era of music, Zach, that you seem to ignore because that's great <laughs> in between. It's the chorus of Raspberry Beret by Prince. She wore a raspberry beret, the kind you find in a secondhand store. <laughs> raspberry beret. And if it was warm, she wouldn't wear much more. Raspberry <laughs> beret. I think I love her. It's perfect. So that's it's all I need, perfect. huh? I sing it flat. I'm a terrible singer. I'm, I'm, I, I'm sorry, uh, dear listener, for you having to suffer through that for 20 seconds. <laughs> no, it was great, Mason. It should have been a. It should be a great parade since you got the purple on today. It's true. I got the Rockies uh, jacket, Rockies track jacket, and uh, the Atlanta Legends of the AAF. Man. Legend, legends never die, but their league sometimes <laughs> do. Their, their league sometimes does. They may, how much? You got all the AAF gear. Yeah, and uh, we got there's some uh, XFL discounts I saw on uh, Dick's Sporting Goods. So oh. I, I may be investing in a little more Tampa Bay Vipers and St. Louis Battlehawks gear as that league uh, goes the way of the dodo apparently yep yep oh man so yeah, i'm sure you're always fine picking up some tampa bay gear yeah I'm, I'm i'm actually really sad about st louis though that town was really 
getting behind the Battle Hawks. They were actually looking, Zach, at having a crowd of approaching 50,000. Oh, my gosh. For the first game that got wiped out because of COVID-19. Wow. That's insane. Yeah, yeah. I do feel for St. Louis. Yeah, something was happening there, and, uh, you know, we'll see. I mean, the, the other thing is a lot of people – a lot of people are going to use the failures of the last two years to say spring football doesn't can't work. I don't think that it can't work, but it does need some different things structurally. It'd be nice if the NFL was involved. I think Jim Nagy of the senior bowl has suggested that. And also I think in those two leagues, you've figured out some markets where it has a real chance and you focus on those markets, places like Orlando, San Antonio, St. Louis, right. even Seattle and DC. San Diego. Right. I wouldn't put a team in LA. I wouldn't put a team in New York. No, no. Keep them away from where football team NFL teams are right now. Generally, but it was, it was working in Seattle. It looked like it had a chance to work at Houston. So you just gotta be, uh, you gotta be judicious about it. Right. Exactly. Okay. Anyway, moving, moving on to Breck Drew, still super stoked to be on here now. Articles, pods, Twitch streams, discords, all awesome. The live Visco watch on Discord was really cool. It's a nice feature I look forward to going forward. And whatever y'all have planned for the draft, hmm. 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 Stay think, tuned. Yes. Something's cooking. Yeah, I think we'll have an announcement in the next 24, 48 hours. So stay tuned because I think you'll really enjoy that, Brecht. We're super, to have, super pumped to have you rolling with us. Next one from The Vashman. You guys rock. You totally made my day when I heard Zach read my comment. Such a great voice. Maybe see if you can do an audiobook. Anyways, thanks for that. And Zach, sorry, but, sorry boss. Sad was South Dakota, where I was pretty much in Vikings. SD, SD. SD for South Dakota. Oh, South Dakota. Uh, sorry, boss. South Dakota was for South Dakota. Gotcha. Where I was pretty much in Vikings territory. One question for y'all. Do you think like when the season begins and if there's no fans, would the defense be affected at all by a little, by seeing the crowd noise effect? How can that affect a quarterback? Count, thanks again. Look forward to the next one. Well, first off, Vash, the man you rock. That is that I really appreciate uh, all the love thrown our way. And hey, maybe I will do an audio book one day. Mace, how do you think uh, no crowd noise would affect the game? Well, I've had this discussion with uh, Eric Goodman on uh, on our afternoon drive show over on Mile High Sports a couple of times in the last few weeks, and we both agree no sport is more impacted by potentially not having fans than football. And it's because of the crowd noise factor. Obviously, the offense is going to be able to get to have its signals. But one thing that's interesting is that when the crowd noise is popping up and you're on the defensive side of it, your checks and call when the defense is making kind of it, its checks and, and calls, uh, people can't hear them. So you're you're realigning, and you can't hear the you can't hear what's going on. In, in terms of the, of, of the yelling over the noise on the defensive side, it's going, it, it's going to have a bit of an impact on the, on the defensive side of the ball and, uh, and what they can do. I think uh, you, may even, you may even see a little more silence from the defensive side pre-snap uh, than, you, than you did before going forward. It, it'll help the offense being able to, to, to get everything off. Maybe that's why Kirk Cousins described the idea of not having fans as, quote, refreshing. 
<laughs> now, did he really say that? Yes, he did. Kirk, now, what are you thinking? I think he's thinking in terms of being able to get the snap off and also maybe not hearing some of the jeers that he's heard from Vikings fans <laughs> the last couple of seasons as he has not necessarily lived up to what some people expected of him when he went to the Minnesota Vikings back in 2018. But yet something's going to be missed. It's actually, it's, it's relevant to discuss this today in the wake of uh, uh, Dr. Anthony Fauci um, yep. uh, going on this morning and talking about the notion of sports without fans and basically endorsing the idea of getting everyone sequestered in hotels, keeping everything kind of contained and playing uh, without fans. Um, it's something that, I, I mean, I think we all want the ideal situation. We would all love nothing more than to be back with fans watching football games in the fall. But the reality of it is that we may be facing a scenario where to have football, there may, there may not be people watching it in person. Right. But we well, get to watch on television. And that is infinitely preferable to the alternative of not having football. I'm not in the all or nothing camp. I am in the let's find a way to somehow, some way have the season if it is all possible, if there can be enough testing, if there can be uh, treatments in lieu of a vaccine, if all that can be taken care of. I am all for finding a way to have an NFL season. I think that's something we all desperately want. I totally, totally agree. Well, and, and one of the things that, that you said uh, what was doing everything you can, being realistic about how this is. Uh, and one of the things that, that the doctor said uh, was, you know, you, you keep everyone contained and you keep them well surveilled. Mm -hmm. And I just wonder if it's going to get to a point where so many things need to happen and players just feel like, well, this is too much. You know, I'm not giving up my entire life for six months in, in order to play a certain sport. That just when I heard him say that from a from a fan perspective and my job and what I love to watch and do, I'm thinking, great, let's do this. I just wonder if with how strict the regulations will have to be for this, if teams and 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 players are gonna say, look, this is too much. I need to see my family. And and I don't know the specifics, but that's just something I thought of. Well, again, this is part of just how you're throwing out all the rules. What if you're saying something as simple as okay? If you want to have your families kind of as part of this joining you here, you can. Or another alternative is to literally build in two weeks of downtime every, say, six to eight weeks. Right. And say, okay, you can, you can go home. But the problem is then what if the players are kind of going out and all that? That's, that, that's the one thing that has to be uh, – uh, that has to be watched for. Now, that being said, I – the majority of rank and file players are going to go for this. I think so too. Because of the, because of the money. I think this is a little bit of something like the, uh, the CPA discussions where it seemed like it had more support among the rank and file, the guys that were making league minimum salaries than those that were at the top. Right. Yep. Because they have because more to lose. They, exactly. Um, the other thing I would say, and I, I don't discount the, the hardship of being away from families. I'm completely empathetic to that, but everybody's making sacrifices right now. Sure. Some people, their sacrifice has meant they don't have a job period. Yep. So I look at uh, 
what uh, what my my daughter is doing and, and all the stuff that her teacher has to go through to make sure that they have uh, distance learning. I look at all all the parents that are you know that are kind of in lieu of regular schooling that are having to they're taking a greater role in terms of of their child's education in terms of uh, in, in terms of, t of teaching almost we're all kind of learning on the fly we're all kind of adjusting to this new reality um and for everyone the adjustment is going to be manifested in different ways yep i, I, but I totally but agree. everybody is sacrificing that's just part of where we stand right now well, and I, I certainly hope that he's right. And that sports, even without mm -hmm. fans are back this summer that when I heard that, that gave me a mm -hmm. lot of hope. Yeah. Uh, and I've had, and I, honestly, I've, I've had some, I don't have optimism about fans coming back in the buildings anytime soon, but I've had optimism about sports being able to be played. But a key thing is making sure that if they can get, if athletes can get testing, if that can be a rigorous part of them being together that it's not the expense of the general public. So you, from this is a PR optics thing. You can't bring it, bring all the sports back with rigorous testing until there is that sort of testing available for the general public. Now that being said, I mean you read, I read stuff every day about how the progress that we're making on this. Maybe the vaccine is going to be months to a year off, but testing is something that looks like it's going to be ramped up very very soon that gives me hope that we can you know have comprehensive testing it's available for everyone who needs it and that we can return to some it won't be the normal that we knew but something that resembles normal going forward and i i'm i mean and again it may not happen on time it may not look like any other season but i think there will be a 2020 nfl season I certainly, certainly hope so. And in the meantime, guys, check out our Colorado Raptors coverage on ddnvr.com. Our reporter Colton Strickler is taking you inside everything, not only Raptors, but rugby, teaching us this sport. And now is the perfect time because we know all of you guys love football. And this is the closest thing to football without it being football. The, the sport of rugby is so interesting. We've watched some, uh, had some watch parties already with it or and man, it is so fun. Some DNVR watches with you guys. And we're learning too. And I think that's what makes it fun is we're learning this game with you guys. Colton's got some great articles on the DNVR.com, breaking down, really giving the basics. Uh, he's talking to players, having players give us the basic breakdowns of everything as well. So make sure to check out the Colorado Raptors coverage on the DNVR.com. All right, next one coming in from breck drew he says sorry for the second comment just forgot to mention that Derek brown at 15 woohoo i just peed like an excited puppy oh okay <laughs> a little dribble thank you coming breck out. drew oh. <laughs> well we know uh how breck drew feels about Derek brown or henry oh. ruggs well if there's a little dribble coming out is there some cleanup required we have to uh, break out the manscaped with to uh, get the ball preserver going <laughs> I think you oh, do. DNVR yeah. The R20. Just to make sure <laughs> everything is tip top down there. Absolutely. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Triad Bronco. Hey, y'all. Just wanted to give a shout out to Big Zach. Your multiple segues in a Manscaped plug had me slapping my steering wheel in laughter tonight. I was having a pretty crappy night up until then. You completely flipped my mood 180 degrees. Keep being you, Bubba. I'll see myself <laughs> out. God bless. Oh, Triad Bronco. That means so much. Thank you. And you, just made my day with that. So just that's what this community is all about. Thank you so much, Triad. Yep. 
Aristo Pratt with all I like that nice nice yeah with all these new subscribers I have a name suggestion it's a name I wish I would have taken since I'm a proud chicken owner the name is Vaughn the Chicken Don (laughs) not bad I like it yeah is there any value in the Broncos using their 15th overall pick to trade for proven NFL talent in a position of need if the board doesn't fall their way if so who do you think they may look into though I don't think this would happen a trade for a player like OBJ comes to mind. Mm, no to OBJ. Hard no, actually, to OBJ. But Aristo Pratt, I love where your head's at because I'm someone that's always been of the mindset that a known commodity uh, is better than an unknown and more valuable. And so if I was a GM, I would be trading draft picks for known commodities way more than they do. You typically don't see this happen with first-round picks that often, though. Yeah, I'm not as much a fan of it because if it's my organization, I want to make sure that I've got a personnel department and a scouting department that I trust. And if they're doing their job, you're going to be better off with the first round picks because they're cost control. Where some of these veterans you're talking about second or third contract guys that are on more significant deals. And the other thing to consider is if you trade for a veteran, what's the length of the contract? Does he have one year left on his deal, two years left on his deal? Right. Well, and that that has. And then are are you? Yeah. I'm also not trading a first round pick for a 30 year old. I, you know, I'm not doing that. It's got to be the right age for sure. I agree with you, Mace. But I'll say this: OBJ, talent wise, yes. I don't want the rest of it. And I saw something today, just this morning, come across where the Browns are talking to the Vikings about trading OBJ for I think it was like a second and a fifth or second and a fourth round pick. Uh, which, man, that'd be something. OBJ and Gary Kubiak. You thought Stefan Diggs was too much to handle in that locker room, and you want to bring OBJ? Cousins and OBJ. Oh, uh, that sounds like the opposite of, like, a match made in paradise. This doesn't (laughs) – this just doesn't feel right. No. It doesn't feel right at all. <laughs> it certainly doesn't at all. Boy, that would be weird. Aristocrat chimes in again and says, sorry for the double post, boys, but it's not my fault. Your provocative conversations really got the neurons firing. Judy's tape gets me the most excited of all the top wide receiver prospects, prospects this year, unless it is tape of him being interviewed. I just, I hate being so judgmental, but where is Judy's football IQ compared to other prospects? Is there any concern about his ability to learn at the professional level? have not gathered any concerns in the uh, scouting community regarding his ability to learn. I think Jerry Judy might simply just be shy when it comes to having the lights on. Just because you may not interview well doesn't mean that you don't have the football IQ. Yep. And, and we're talking about media interviews, not football interviews. The football interviews that you have at the Combine, it's a completely different animal. And then one with, with the media. I think when I watch his interviews, I see somebody who just comes off as a little bit reserved and a little bit shy. Nothing yep. wrong with that. Yep, I agree, which is fascinating coming from a guy who was just at Alabama with with all of that attention. Uh, but and I that's another heard... thing to, to favor him in his football IQ. Yeah. Because Alabama, everything there is pro style. Yep. 
in terms Alabama. of in, in terms of the the, the, the complex nomenclature, uh, Alabama is doing things on an NFL level. If you can handle that, you are almost certainly intellectually you can handle that. You're almost certainly going to be able to handle things in the next level. Yep. If you handle Nick Saban and make it through that, you're good. Next one from Hank Hills, propane and propane accessories in a Bernie Sanders voice. Mace, can you do that? In, in a Bernie Sanders voice? Yep. <laughs> I feel like uh, you can. I can't really do a Bernie Sanders. I'm not. Uh, it's. I've never done a Bernie Sanders voice, but I'll try. I can do more of that. Uh, Hank Hill, propane, pro, and propane accessories. <laughs> I mean, I guess. Well, we'll, we'll Bernie we'll Sanders see. is hard to do. That, that Brooklyn accent's really tough for me. Once again, I'm asking you about my boy Devin Duvernay. Just oh, curious, who will be a comp for him? Would be. Can't remember if y'all have talked about this. Y'all are the best, and would be the the standard beds for how sports coverage should and will be done in the future. As I've already told Vogue when we were playing call of duty the other night, did I get it a little yeah. bit? Maybe. Okay. I'll give you a comp and it's <laughs> okay. an exciting comp Jarvis Landry with a lot more speed. Oh, that is a very good comp. I like that. I like that a lot. <laughs> I but like I, the more Duvernay is the guy that like in terms of like a round two round three guy at the more I watch him the more I like him yeah I, li- I like him a lot too man it is it is incredible how deep this wide receiver class is yeah I, I th- he's the guy remember in that 2010 third round you had like Emmanuel Sanders and Eric Decker and uh, those guys were the were the equal of guys who came well before him in that draft another deep receiver class of course in 2010 and I think Duvernay is going to be the guy that uh going to be one of the guys another one is Antonio Gandy Golden out of Liberty for different reasons but these are two of the guys that slip in around three round four that I think are going to end up being the equal of guys that go well ahead of them yeah I would love Duvernay as a second receiver taken yep Queen City Bronco CLT Hey, Mice, just received your book in the mail. Looking forward to getting into it. Thank you. I really appreciate that. And again, I've just been so flattered and touched and honored that uh, so many of y'all have bought my book. (laughs) And uh, I'm hoping to have some more here coming up uh, over the next few years. One of my one of my goals is to be able to uh, be able to write some more books on Broncos history. And, uh, you know, it's it's fun to do. It's a lot of work, but it's fun to do and uh, really makes me feel I feel very warm-hearted uh, that uh, you, you chose to you chose to spend your money and uh, take your take the time to read something I, I created like that. So thank you very much. Yeah, that is way cool. Bronco Nugs checking in. Hope y'all are doing well during these times. I want to talk about Isaiah Simmons. I keep hearing how he's a perfect Fangio defender. If that's the case, if the Giants aren't taking him at four, aren't you doing everything you can to get to him? I mean, you might want to even talk to Detroit if you really love him. What do you guys think it might cost a future one and our two this year? Or maybe we can find a way to keep the second rounder. We have the ammo to do it. If he's really that perfect and can make this defense amazing, why would you not do it? We could still maybe pull off Visca in the second. He gives us the highest potential at that spot, I think. Then we could address offensive line in the third and still be good. Thoughts? Realistically, if you want to move all the way up to three, best case scenario is to move up, you're sacrificing your 2021 first round pick and your 2020 second round pick. Mm, you doing it, Mace? Which, which then takes you out of the, it takes you out of the Visca mix. 
Right. Potentially. Well, unless you trade unless he falls to round to... three. Right. But then you but then you're also sacrificing overall draft capital. So you yep. have fewer picks to take care of items on your shopping list. As much as I love Isaiah Simmons, I can't rationalize going all the way up to three. I think that's a play for if he drops to seven, eight, and then you can really realistically have that discussion. Right. And then you're giving up a second round pick, kind of like we talked about with Okuda. Or maybe next well. year's one, or maybe if you have to, next year's one. But the idea of giving up next year's one and this year's two, that's, to me, that's a bridge too far for me. That's not something I would, I'm particularly inclined to do. Yeah, that's if that's, I can avoid it. I'm not giving up a, an additional first round pick. If he slips and you can get him for a second, then we're definitely talking. But something something that you got to keep in mind is this team isn't that one piece away. Right. And on top of that, every single year you can say this guy is great, fits perfectly in this offense. This guy fits perfectly uh, uh, on the defense for this team. And if you do that every year, well you're only going to have first-round picks every couple of years because you're just always going to be trading. Yep, and Bronco Nugs follows up by making a point that we made earlier. I also want to add, I'd rather give up our 2021 first than this year's second. We should be better, so that first would be in the 20s, plus who knows if college football will, will play. This is, again, this is just such a fascinating aspect that I don't think, um, I don't think can be underestimated in terms of how this 2020 draft goes is the uh, – is, the the unknown factor regarding college football and and college sports i think it's going to take a lot more to get those off the ground than pro sports logistically speaking right i think we're going to have an nfl season and i think the, at least the bulk of it is going to be played in the fall i'm just not sure about uh, college football that might be something where you're at best case you know you're waiting until next spring perhaps right yep i agree pick tosser 66 Thank you guys for continuing to provide all of us with a place to go during this unprecedented time. Not only are the pods continuing full speed ahead, but the mock drafts have been awesome and the DNVR lounge is at another level. I was hanging out in the lounge last night, had a great time with the rest of the fam. So while the rest of the entire world continues to shut things down, DNVR is ramping things up safely. Of course, you guys definitely are one of a kind. You know what? Maybe we were just ahead of the curve here in creating a virtual community. Right. Knowing that we might need a virtual community because we might lose our in-person community for a while. <laughs> yeah, that's a great point. <laughs> and for those of you, more from Pig Tosser, that love this pod and are able to subscribe, then please do. These guys and what they are doing are worth it. I would never tell anyone what to do with their hard-earned money, especially at a time like this. And if you are one of many out there that have lost their job and been financially impacted by this pandemic, then my heart goes out to you and you definitely are in my thoughts every day. But for anyone that enjoys this pod every day and is able to, then please show some love. Take the movie fund or bar fund money that you can't spend right now and move it this way. Unless you spend all of your money hoarding toilet paper and paper towels, and if that's the case, then I'd like to meet you after school at the flagpole because that's ridiculous. But in all seriousness, stay safe, everyone, and take care. This fam is definitely getting through this together. Amen, Pig Tosser. Thank you. Yeah, that is, that, that's a perfect comment right there, Pig Tosser. It really shows what this community is about, and thank you so much for all of the love and support. Next one from LDJ. Hey, guys, so I just got my mile-high football snapback. I'm ready and geared up for the draft. Thank me and my buddies from my fantasy league, who aren't Broncos fans, by the way, LOL, to do a Zoom. You guys doing a YouTube live or, 
or live night of the draft, what do you guys have special in store? I got two different kinds of bottles to pop depending on how who we draft and what you guys have planned content-wise for the draft. Well, LDJ, stay tuned. Stay tuned. Next 24, 48 hours, you'll know. You'll know, and I think it's going to knock your socks off. Absolutely. This is going to be a lot of fun, I think. Uh, really, when we were discussing some of this stuff internally, I I was getting completely jacked up about it. So oh, this, yeah. is, this is going to be a lot of fun. And for you and I, Zach – going to be very very busy going to be oh, um, yes. balancing a lot of things but uh i think it's going to work out it's going to be a lot of fun so dtl hey guys i posted this on the draft pod and they liked it as well this is what i consider to be best case scenario while taking the best player available i know it's a little wide receiver heavy but hey let them battle it out for third fourth and fifth spots so here it is 15 jerry judy number 46 noah igbenogany 77, Prince Tegan Winogu. 83, Chase Claypool. 95, Tyler Biotish. 118, Devin Duvernay. Claypool is really interesting in that mix. Yes. Fascinating skill set. Actually, you look at him and his size, you think maybe tight end, but he's got enough speed to be a solid wide receiver. He's a little bit of a chess piece type of player. Look, I... I don't mind. I don't mind this draft, honestly. No, three receivers in the first, in six picks doesn't bother me. Now, is Duvernay available at one eighteen? Oh my goodness, if he is, <laughs> that'd be phenomenal. Yeah, but I also could see him going as early as the end of round two. Yeah, and I think I think that's probably closer to where he's going to be. Um, and I I love this actually. I'm I'm totally okay with this, and I think I love it a little too much. Uh, Jerry Judy at fifteen, obviously. We love, I would like Chase uh, Claypool, Prince. I would like as well, Tyler Biotish, Mace. People, he's like the ultimate wild card. Some people think right. uh, second round pick. I saw an article posted today, Mace, where they're talking about him falling to day three and should the Broncos take him in day three. And I just, I mean. If he's there at 95 by chance. Yeah. And you haven't taken him. I think you just, you, you turn in the card. Now, the discussions about Biotish are similar to the discussions about LaVisca Chanel. It's all about injuries. Now with Biotish, he was healthy when he played. He had, he, he had surgery after the season. Right. So he's, now he should be good he was expecting at combine to be good to go by the time OTAs rolled around. I'm not particularly concerned about it. Some teams may be concerned about his health status, but you can get, if you can get somebody play at a high level from a school that produces offensive linemen, like a paper mill produces paper towels, just assembly line type precision. <laughs> he has high football IQ can easily get up to speed and learn your scheme. If he's sitting there in round three and you have what appears to be a pretty pressing need on the interior offensive line at center, I think you'd do it. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, so I don't think Biotis is going to be there at 95. I don't think Duvernay is going to be there at 118. And but Judy I think may not Bi- be there at 15. But I think uh, Biotis might be there at uh, 77 or 83. Yep. And how about how about a third round with two offensive linemen, if they're Prince Tega Winogu and Tyler Biotish in round three, 
Holy cow, Zach. I'm, I'm ecstatic. And uh, with those two as round three picks. And what if you get two wide receivers in the first two rounds? Or what if you get a wide receiver in the second and Derek Brown in the first? Oh man, now we're cooking. Now we're cooking. I love where that could go. And I think, and of finally, course, you get a cornerback yep. in a big noggin at Auburn. You have two Auburn guys, of course, because Prince Taken Winogu is another Auburn guy. And the other thing looking at this uh, mock draft is you get your Alabama guy in Jerry Judy. I do. I would, the other I would thing love about it. this draft is John Elway historically has been more favorable to bigger conference guys for the most part. Right. Really not going, uh, there's not, you know, there aren't many FCS uh, group of five guys that he's taken over the years. And some of them he's taken, you know, Paxton Leash was a group of five player. Uh, Brendan Langley was, a day two guy who was FCS and um, Carlos Henderson uh, was group of five. They haven't always uh, worked out. I think this type of draft, which is focused on players from the SEC, the big 10, big 12, and then Notre Dame is kind of an entity onto itself. This seems like an Elway type of draft. John, let's draft some Alabama players. Let's go. Let's Except do Alabama. it. Alabama. He's never drafted an Alabama guy, but kind of changed sometime, right? I would hope so. I mean, it's the best college football program in the past decade. Wouldn't you draft one of them? The most amazing stat about the Broncos in the last decade to me is since John Elway became the, junior, became the overseer of football operations, no Alabama Crimson Tide draftees no Clemson Tiger draftees. That's, that's mind-blowing. That is just wild. Between those two schools, there's been more national championships than not, right? Yeah. But we'll, <laughs> here be one something worth looking into. Do the Broncos lead the league in Pac-12 draftees? Mm, maybe. They certainly love their Pac-12 scouts. They do. And um, <laughs> I think their Pac-12 scouting department has done a better job in terms of identifying undrafted players than the ones the Broncos have actually drafted. Yep. Which is crazy, which is crazy. And last one coming in from Illinois Bronco. No question today. Just want to give a shout out to Mace who said he'd get a Kalen Saunders Jersey. If he had to pick from the chiefs, I'm currently attending Western Illinois university and love when our small school gets some recognition. Thanks Mace. It put a smile on my face. Oh, you're, How about you're that? Welcome. I love that rhyme. And, and you know what? Saunders was just an absolute joy to talk to and, and get to know down at the 2019 uh, Senior Bowl. And just, yeah, I love the love the backflip. But just, he he was just one of those naturally joyful, happy guys that you love being around. By the way, one thing I have to correct you. I'm sorry, Zach. It's Colin. Oh, Colin. Not Kalen. Oh, okay. So. Colin, Colin Saunders. Colin I want to make Saunders. sure you get that right. Um, Maybe I was just doing it to uh, slide the Chiefs. Have you noticed that, like, my jersey choices in this exercise that we do are all based on just people that I actually like, like, <laughs> personally? <laughs> yeah, and there's nothing wrong with that. Boy, I think that should be a big thing when you're buying a jersey. Yeah, I, well, we are privileged to be able to uh, talk to a lot of these guys in the course of uh, the pre-draft process and learn a little bit more about them. And Ben Garland in particular covered him when he was with the Broncos. And uh, you won't find many better human beings 
around than Ben Garland. Yep. It's very, very true. He's, he's a fantastic, fantastic person. And speaking of the best, Denver Rubber Company is the most reliable local partner for your long-term projects. Since 1972, Denver Rubber Company has been providing the highest quality of products from custom die-cut gaskets, molded rubber, to custom contract manufacturing, and custom hoses. And guys, they are the best. If you need anything rubber, they're your one-stop shop. And guys, snow is coming back to Denver tomorrow. So make sure to check out Denver Rubber Company. They're also your one-stop shop for anything snow plows. They custom fit it all to you. So give them a call at 1-800-259-0010 or visit them at drcfirst.com slash DNVR and make sure to tell them that DNVR sent you. Denver Rubber Company custom makes it all from small purchases to big bulk orders. So check them out. All right, Mace, it was a blast again today. I just absolutely love doing this pod. I love the community that we have uh, here. So I'm so fortunate that Mace was rolling with me today. And I'm so fortunate and blessed that you guys were rolling with us. Thank you guys so much. We'll be back to talk with you tomorrow. And don't forget, we'll have another mock draft tomorrow. Have a fantastic hump day.